Hi, everyone. I am Sophia Vraka, and welcome to my podcast, You Had It In You All Along. This podcast is to remind you that who you are right now is enough. You have the power to make things happen, and all you need to know is what you really want in life and to consciously choose to move forwards. Each episode, I chat with amazing souls and through sharing of stories, you will learn how to connect with yourself more deeply and hold the belief that anything is possible. You'll be guided to pause, reflect and self-actualize and to lead and thrive and not just survive. On today's episode, I'm joined by Tiana Mandera. She is a born seeker, an inspiring digital marketer and the host of one of my favorite places to go to for leadership content, The Torch Podcast. Hi, Tiana. I'm thrilled to have you on the podcast. Hello. Thank you. It's so good to see you and speak with you. Thank you for having me. Now, tell us a little bit more about your journey. From what I've learned, particularly through listening to your podcast episodes, the last five years have been the most self-actualizing, self-nurturing, and also the discovery of your true north your purpose, your passion, and where you want to lead yourself and other women. So I'd love you just to start wherever you feel will engage us women and inspire us to take leadership for our own lives. Yeah. So five years when you put it that way, it's like, wow, that was a while ago. Because sometimes (laughs) it feels like yesterday. But uh, what really was the catalyst for a lot of the change was I was married for three years and Mm -hmm. just a lot of communication breakdown. And I ended up making a a decision to leave uh, in 2000, like the beginning of 2015 and moved back where I was in Italy at the time. I moved back to the States. I didn't have really a home. I didn't have uh, money because it just economy wise in Italy, I, I wasn't, it wasn't a place where I was able to save money. Um, and I just, it's one of those things where you find yourself when you're in, in a ditch is when you kind of learn the most. So I didn't really have a home. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I come from an advertising marketing background. So I knew that's what I liked, but my head was still spinning of what decision to make. And, uh, I ended up you know, I I remember so vividly one time I was in the shower and I was still processing my divorce. And this vision came to me where, um, everything that I was angry at him about was exactly who I was. Mm. And I was just in the shower, just bawling. Mm. Uh, and at the time, I was mentioning I had no home because I was living with my brother. My brother was so kind to take me in with his family for six Mm. months until I figured out what I wanted to do. And nobody was home at the time. It was like an 11 a.m. shower. All the kids were at school. They were at work. And it was just my moment to just release all this, this pain, these thoughts, this vision. And what that was basically that I saw in him was anxiety. You know, he Mm. is an amazing partner uh, or person. Uh, We did the best as we could in the partnership, but we were both really anxious people. And I didn't know I was anxious. So that was kind of, you know, the hard thing to 
conquer a relationship when you don't really know the bad things you're bringing to the table and mm-hmm. actually having the courage to admitting that to yourself. Uh, I, I just wasn't in a frame of mind to do that. So with the separation um, and physical distance and emotional distance from him, I was really able to see it in me. And that was the biggest shocker I've ever had. And then I started wondering, why did nobody tell me? Why did people just let me be reactive? And, you know, I'm, I could be charming. I'm very type A, I'm very productive Mm. human, but there's that underbelly of anxiety that would come out in, in like a very ego forward way sometimes. And so what then after that, it kind of led me to listen to a lot of podcasts, start a morning routine. So I started writing a lot and my routine consisted of moving my body somehow, uh, meditating and journaling. And through the writing, I started really uncovering anxiety in me. I listened to more podcasts about it. And then eventually I came across a YouTube video with Oprah and some guy named Gary. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. who's this guy, Gary? And I start, and the the video spoke to me. I don't even know how I came across it, but it was perfect timing. So I started Googling this guy, Gary, and he happens to be Gary Zukov, the author of Seed of the Soul. Mm. And he wrote that over 25 years ago. And I found out that he was doing a retreat four hours north of where I was. Because at that time now, I've since left my brother. I was living in Oregon. Mm -hmm. And this retreat was in Portland. And the first thing I thought of is like, I don't know if I should go. Like, what kind of people go to those things? Like, how much is it going to (laughs) cost? You know, like now through my training, I know it's like this is fear inside of me. That's just Mm -hmm. rejecting the possibility of my growth and not trusting in the universe that this is meant for me. Um, Mm -hmm. So that was that the divorce was the catalyst. And then kind of to seal the sandwich kind of on the other side was the Gary Zukov book Mm -hmm. and the retreat. When you were at the retreat, what were the moments where you realized for the first time it wasn't a breakdown at all? It was an opportunity for the most amazing breakthrough as a human, as a soul, and just as this being of light and love. Oh, man. You know, there's this perfect moment. And Mm. anyone who's gone through anything like personal development, spiritual awakening mm. of any kind, even if you're level 0.1, you know, you, you have this experience of catching yourself react versus catching mm-hmm. yourself being open to someone. And there's this mm. perfect example. Um, I, I've tended to be very questionable towards men. So if a man mm-hmm. would approach me, I'd always think, Oh, they have an ulterior motive. And so it was never just full from love. Cause I mean, mm-hmm. men are human too, and they want to be loved and they <laughs> want what we want. Right. They're not all, they evil. do, but they, no, they're not all evil, but they are wired in certain ways. And if they're not more yeah. evolved to see the wiring, then you are dealing with a mixed bag. Yes. <laughs> you know? but, it's but just I life, s- you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I, but I had this wall that was very high, very mm-hmm. thick mm-hmm. and that created distance and missed opportunities, I think, in Mm -hmm. terms of uh, having friendships or maybe better work relationships. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of things that can break down from that. And so the first day in that retreat, I was so green. I didn't know 
really what, what, what the heck I was going to learn, what it was about. And there is this gentleman on this. Oh, well, first I was talking to a woman, my age, I just turned 40. So at the time I was like in my late thirties and, uh, there is this gentleman around 60 year olds and he kind of leaned in and said hi to both of us. And right away, because of my old brain saying, he's a bad guy. He wants to sleep with one of you girls for sure. You know, like I just didn't trust that he was there for him, his own growth. Uh, Just that one instant of a thought, my, my whole body language changed and I looked really cold and I kind of gave him a look, but then I was open. But my first reaction was to, to dismiss him. And the beautiful thing is that, you know, through the retreat, there was about 80 people and I shared a lot and he shared a few times and throughout the three days, I started to see him as a, as a soul and as this loving Mm -hmm. soul, not as a man, not as a, uh, some possible person to be afraid of. And we had a conversation at the end and he, and I go, you know, I, I want to, I want to apologize for something when I first met you, this is how I felt. And this is, and it's interesting because I don't feel that way towards you anymore. And he goes, you know what? I'm so glad you shared that because when I first met you, the first thought I had when I, when I approached you with your reaction was I did something wrong. I'm bad. Um, Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have interrupted them. And so I'm, I have chills now because it's so beautiful that this older man shared that with me, that he felt rejected by a split second of my reaction. It's also for you and for I and the listeners to really understand that everything is energy. Mm-hmm. When you get to a place of self-actualization and you realize that it's just a human interaction that's at the cusp of the soul that's beneath that, that's traveling through regardless if we're male or female, what part of the world we're in, what money we've got, what you know, job we hold, whatever it is, it's just this soul making its way through, meeting its objectives and its soul contract. And when you see that, you almost never really look at a person again for their physical attributes. You feel their energy. Mm-hmm. And so he was showing you that lesson. He was showing you that his love could transcend that veil that you had set, which was don't hurt me, I've been hurt before. And he was there going, we're not all here to hurt. We're here to love and learn love and be love and, you know, guide you along that deeper journey of understanding that and to come out of that narrative. And I find that just so beautiful that at the end you'd reconcile that lesson. So you can then step out of that environment, which was like a retreat, which was literally the world brought to you for that one moment with Mm -hmm. just the right teachers being the participants and Gary I'm sure his wife would have been there as well. She has a lot of work with him. Yeah, mostly. she's incredible. Yeah, her, yeah you know, I love listening to her. Life, they're yeah. spiritual partners. That's what they are. I know. The, yeah, I know. Yeah, she's I've got incredible. all their books. Mm. She's incredible, yeah. So you had that bubble to cultivate that mm. and then head back out into the world now mm. and kind of go, well, what do I do with all this? And that first relationship to have so intimately is with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, before it becomes a relationship with your family, your friends, your potential other partner, and also your colleagues and people like myself, you know, meeting you through a podcast and spending the afternoon chatting. Mm. Yeah, which is no, it's beautiful that you mm. exactly. And I and I've noticed that 
that one example was the first lesson. And again, that also sandwiched the retreat. It was like, I reacted and then I was able to reconcile and I didn't mm. have to tell him, but I felt because the, the work that Gary and Linda do, do is that it's, you know, understanding, are you coming from fear or love? Like, what is your intention? So I had to really mm. sit with that. Like, am I telling him because I want to make him feel good? Or am I telling him because I'm really excited about the lesson I learned? Uh, because if I want to tell him what I learned about myself to make him feel good, well, if he reacts poorly, then I'm attached to the idea and I mm -hmm. get hurt. And if I'm just telling yeah. him out of love, whatever, however he takes it is totally fine with me. And that's um, unconditional love. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was beautiful. But I do love what you said too, about you start seeing people as souls. Like I don't, I noticed too, that I'll look at people on the street and I find them so beautiful. And my old brain is like, you wouldn't have thought that a few years ago. Like you would have been, oh, this, the ear, the nose, the this, the that. And I just and don't do that anymore. The funny thing is like the more you, I find now I'm unable to even, if they said, oh, but I saw you the other day, I was wearing that or I was in your class or I had that session. And I'm like, I, I don't remember that. I remember the eyes. I remember the energy. So people that have known me now and have mm. witnessed my journey and, and work with me or have been friends, they get that because I just feel into the moment and that's what stays with me. And I don't really see what you're wearing. I don't even remember where we're at really. I just remember the feeling mm. and that's the imprint it leaves. And it's really important, I feel, after going through a lot of loss in my life, realising what's the most important thing is how you imprinted other people, how you made them feel in this lifetime. And that was what was really important for me to start yeah. cultivating that by making sure I honoured how I made me feel. Not perfect all the time. We're all a work in progress. But making sure that in any given situation, be able to pull back, like you said, not react immediately or delay it or choose not to and go, well, how is it that I'm going to make that soul feel? Mm -hmm. Deep down, that person's a soul, even though they might not know it themselves yet. Yeah. And go to bed at night knowing that you've done the best you could in that day and grow old, however old our timeline is, whatever we've been given this, you know, exceptional journey to look back on your life in that last few weeks if you do have that luxury of knowing when you are going to go. Not all of us have that gift. We Sometimes we just go for impact. But being able to look back and go and smile at most of your decisions, knowing that at that point, you did the best you could with what you knew from a soul level. Mm -hmm. And you can forgive yourself for what you might have done now in retrospect, but understand that was part of the journey to get you to the next level. Mm. And that's where I feel you're heading right now with everything that you're doing, you know, with all the cleansing work, with the emotional detox that you witnessed with yourself the other day and also what you want to now bring forward in your podcast and the work you want to do in corporate leadership. I'd love you to share with the listeners how you want to bring this paradigm of understanding our being as a soul, understanding love over fear mm -hmm. for every choice we make regardless of what context and how you want to bring that forward into really the feminine part of the world I mean at the moment we need more female role models even though we're souls it's, we need to sort of get out there first and connect to a certain group to get the message across mm -hmm. you know you can't just go to one extreme and go hey we're just 
here as souls, that you need to capture that audience and then take them on the journey that you've been on and elevate their consciousness through their own choosing and then start to feed into the workplaces. And from there, we create that one consciousness. Yeah, that's mm. powerful. I mean, I, you know, you mentioned North Star when you introduced me. And, yeah. and I smiled inside because North Star is how I, is what I reference very often with work. Mm. And I think if you think about leadership and you think about mm. a leader, thinking about, well, what is the, what is your purpose? Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's a family or in a, in a corporate setting mm-hmm. or in your own business, like what is your purpose? Is it so that you could feel good and that you feel smart? Is that why you're a leader or are you a leader because you have a vision that you are the best person to motivate and share that vision with somebody? Mm-hmm. And let's say, you know, uh, imposter syndrome, and maybe you may be insecure, but it's still in you. You still have the potential mm-hmm. to motivate people and and not be a leader from this ego to make you feel good because maybe you don't feel good, right? And so I think to be a, a proper leader is really it's really difficult. You really have to understand it's not about you. Uh, it's about the north star, and for me, that's the mm-hmm. work. So, what is mm-hmm. the goal? Where 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 are we going? And we may not know how to get there, but mm. we, there's a path and I need all of you to come with me. And I need, mm-hmm. you know, all of you to feel good that we're going here. I don't want anyone to feel crummy or that they're not valued. And, mm-hmm. and as you're going towards that North star in a million zigzags, you know, at some point you're going to drop some people off because of your ego, unless you're really connected to the North star as your vision, not your ego. And I, mm-hmm. and I noticed that, you know, and, and I was, let's start with me. I mean, I was, I'm the first to point the finger. They always say, when you point your, your finger, you have three pointing back at you, you know? Yes. Uh, <laughs> so I'll start with me. But when I first started managing people, you know, I was in, in a independent, role for many, many years. And then I ended up at an agency managing somebody. And at that point I was 30. So I had five years of just worrying about myself. I was in real estate. I didn't have a team. I had to manage clients and their emotions, Mm -hmm. not uh, an assistant. So the first time I actually had to manage somebody, I was not very good. I, my North star was me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I was the North star and, and people feel it, you know, and you, then you start getting more attached to that too, that I'm the North star. I'm the North star. Why don't they listen to me? Why don't they do it this way? Why not? And I feel it. So then I get more anxious. They feel it and they're not really happy. And so through the divorce and everything, I then saw how I was doing, how I had the North star as me for many things in my marriage and, mm-hmm. and managing people. And then I was able to, I mean, I am a, a creative at heart. And so as I started reducing the ego, I started seeing how incredible, like the work is the most important thing. Like this is Mm -hmm. what we're going to do. And when I shifted my view, I started then noticing deeply how many people's North star was not the work. It was their ego. And, and you can't have more than one North star on a project. Like you just can't do it. Mm. You know, there's one in the sky. There's not five, there's not three. And mm. I think that's where it can comes crippling. If there's more than one, 
there's disconnect, as Gary Zukov says, when you're working from yes. fear, there's disconnect. Um, there's, there's really no love or mutual respect. There's no communication. Mm-hmm. There's heaviness. So all the consequences that come from working from fear will show up eventually. And so the podcast was important to me because I've worked besides myself having to learn that lesson. I've also worked with leaders and bosses who their North star has never been the same as mine. Mm-hmm. And as a leader, you have to really pitch that North star to people because if not, they're going to create their own North star and you, you all kind of need to go towards the same direction. And then people feel good because they know it's not about you. They feel that it's not about you. So then they want to participate even more because it is about the team, the collective, the journey together. It's something outside of yourself. That's a light. Mm-hmm. It's an energy that you are wanting to bring forth, you know, with those teams of people and, you realize you're just that beacon now and it's not about yourself like you said and it's also being vulnerable enough to let them know that it's not about yourself and that you want what's better for them and you want what's a win-win for the holistic view of living life or achieving that goal Mm -hmm. or running that company or that project or goal and realizing that you just want to leave behind a legacy something really powerful for the next generation so they don't find the darkness so challenging there's more seeds to find and move through that darkness quicker accelerate that process of learning for them and people copy their bosses unconsciously Mm, oh yes you know because it's a narrative your boss or this person knows everything yeah you know, the power you, you is know there. What you could get away with. And I've noticed that too, where when I shifted who I managed, I had to re mentor people who were kind of acting out how the old ba- boss did. Not that these mm-hmm. employees were bad, it's just they had bad habits from the previous person. It's, it's also like children, a, <laughs> you know, exactly. children copy their parents, the same thing. Also, when you see people in that work paradigm, what they're doing in that part of their life, they'd be doing at home in their relationship with their significant other, their kids or their extended family or their friends. It's not just they come to work and act out a certain way. It's showing you symbolically how they are wired and what trauma they're suppressing, what they even don't know what they're suppressing. They've become so numb. They could be, mm-hmm. you know, overworking, drinking, whatever it is, you know, high achievers, perfectionism. It just, it becomes this massive mishmash of not feeling yourself by doing and doing whatever it is. It doesn't have to be productive on a corporate scale. It could be productive on a social scale and just having, you know, so much going on just so that you don't pause long enough to feel yourself. You know, and that's the sign. I think what's the beauty of being a heart-centered leader is that if you can have that person look at themselves genuinely for the patterns that they are, to learn, teach them how to self-actualize and learn to be of a higher understanding of what they're doing and the choices that they're making to act that out, you can then transcend a lot of trauma and what they then can do with the people at home and their extended lives and change the trajectory of that life and that soul. 
you know. So it's like another way of being a light worker, really. And I've seen it with my executive leaders. Some, they won't say it outright. And they're very careful when I did my website. They said, Sophia, you don't need to say it. You just imply it with certain words and people will know that that's part of what you do. But you don't need to say it so that it is too confronting because people Mm. feel your energy. And that's when they start to trust and open to their own selves. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It's just, it's a light, it's a light nudge than a forced push. Mm, Yeah. So moving forward into 2021, I mean, you're over in the States. COVID, I just feel it's going to be like any other virus and just dissipate. And obviously we'll get another one somewhere down the track, whether we're here or not, there'll be another version. That's just what it is. And I think we don't need to make more stories around it, but hopefully there'll be opportunity now for things to go back to being face-to-face. So, I mean, I love what you shared with me prior to us pressing record on here and doing a retreat in-house for three days, like a real intensive. Um, I'd love you to share with the listeners a little bit more around that vision and also a summit or something of some sort as well to bring together that global community. Yeah, and I'll I'll start with just the name of Torch because that to mm-hmm. me helped me see a lot of this. You know, I was looking for a name for initially a podcast, but I wanted it to be broad where it would end up being a part of a community too. And mm-hmm. and this idea came to me of, you know, you use fire to burn your old life to re- resurrect, mm-hmm. but yes. you also use a, a torch a light to lead the way in a forest, but there's also the beauty of the torch of, of show going behind you and helping people come, you know, mm. in terms of like mentorship. Yeah. So it's kind of a 360 of being born again, leading and leading your life and leading the people behind you. Mm. And so torch podcast, um, you know, it's, it's tough because you can't really tell what it's about until, I mean, I have leadership in for love and life and career as the sub headline, but the vision is to have torch summits where, you know, we get women together in workshops. I already hosted a self-sabotage workshop where we helped a few mm-hmm. women from, I think they were mainly, oh, one was from Paris and one was from another country and then the rest were in the U S. So I'm based mm-hmm. in Los Angeles now. And that was a really exciting one. I partnered with a life coach friend of mine and it was just walking women through, you know, some of the tendencies that we can do when we self-sabotage, why, what is it protecting us from? So understanding that fear and why it's there in the first place to be like, mm. oh, okay, like, it's just a fear. We, we can like talk through it and, and, mm. and acknowledge that it's not real, you know, by asking yes. really good questions. And then um, in terms of this, so I would like to do one of those again, and there's a sign up somewhere on my website on torch, torchpodcast.com. But for the, the in-person, the vision would be to do, you know, an intimate setting mm-hmm. somewhere in Northern California at a friend's, um, retreat home, which is so lovely in the mountains and have it be around, you know, holistic personal development mm-hmm. with like the foundation is for leadership um, but really for, for women who really want to access some raw emotions that can really mm. help them break through to the next thing that they want to do, whether it's a relationship or, a you know, be a mom or start a company or, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a million things that we all want in different times of our lives. So it's kind of um, to be 
to crack the egg for that, for whatever woman is looking for a different change or different avenue. And then just to get us in community and to mm. work together and rely on each other and then build some bonds that then can go offline, online after the summit. Um, and then eventually, oh, go ahead. No, sorry. I was just saying environment is everything, creating that community. So they've got an environment to actually grow that whole new skill set or toolkit or practice that next mm -hmm. evolution of themselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then eventually do, or probably beforehand, I'm not, I have to figure this out, <laughs> but do an online one too, where I get a bunch of experts mm -hmm. and we do um, one to three days of, mm -hmm. of some deeper soul searching in terms of, you know, maybe understanding your vision, understanding your purpose, healing from trauma, Mm -hmm. um, the questions that we ask ourselves, I have a podcast episode about the lies we tell ourselves. And that's mm -hmm. basically me sharing all the ways there's like over 10 ways that we have negative thoughts and how they show up and how they're mm -hmm. destructive. So it's like working, ac accepting the, those are things that are in all of us, but now how mm -hmm. do we approach them with the right questions and an eagerness to learn so that we're open to change? Because, I mean, I can know I have negative thoughts, but if I don't really acknowledge them deeply and question them, they're always going to be there. And not that they not that they go away, but they'll be there and then cause these negative consequences like procrastinating or a million other things that I do when I believe them. I always say to, well, to myself first and foremost and then to friends if they're open at this level and to clients, it creates a filter. Because if they're there and you haven't worked through it, that's a lens from which you experience all the other things, particularly on a given day, whereas some days your filter is so much more clear and light and everything's mm -hmm. flowing in that surrender, that flow state. And the other days you're like, why is it so clunky? Why is everything so hard? I am tired. I don't want this. You know, so that's what we need to realize. We yeah. can transcend that in a moment. I mean, Brooke Castillo has got this two-minute rule. I love it where she says, Two minutes, sit in it and let it go. It's a story. It's a narrative. It's something that you've allowed yes. in because it's something that you've had so deeply entrenched for so long. You've transcended it, but somehow it's crept through in that crack, in that moment that you've lowered your vibrational frequency. Mm -hmm. Let it go. Feel it. Let it go. You know, so yeah. Yeah. I give it between two and 20 minutes, depending on if it's <laughs> I'm with chore. you. <laughs> yeah, if it's, a, if it's a chore to maybe grieving a loved one. I go two yeah, to 20 yeah. on what scale and then you drop it and, you know, do whatever you need to do in that time. And then it goes and yeah. get on with the present moment, you know? Yeah. Mm. I have to, I either journal or I hike. I'm like, I got to get out of here. I got to move my body. I need to get yeah. through me. And then mm. I, if I, those are the days that I won't listen to music or a podcast and I just walk with, with, um, the resolution of what's going on versus yeah, like powerful like almost like the gerbil on the wheel, it yeah. will run my head and yeah. I can't have that. I won't get anything done. And it's not serving you well. No. There's so much more for you to offer the world than being on this treadmill of reliving things because you're choosing the suffering as validating that emotion. For some reason, you needed to validate it again rather than staying present to there's nothing really wrong here. Mm -hmm. And life is just a process of finding the inner peace with the good, the bad, the positive, the negative, and they're not really black or white. They're just experiences to be had. It's just that we give it so much 
attention around is it good, is it bad, is it this or it's not. It's just an experience. There was something in there that we needed to to know about ourselves and then move through it with more of an inner peace around that rather than being really connected to the deepest pain point and wanting to relive that. And that's where a lot of humans, unfortunately, they're still there. They're stuck in that. And that's a conditioning, yeah. you know. Um, and from you the, could see the it. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Yeah. The more you transcend it, the more you see it. And I think, not even I think, that's a word I need to eliminate now, along with a few other words I've eliminated from my vocabulary. That's a good one, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I agree. <laughs> yeah. So blame, entitled, deserve, can't, try, they're all eliminated. Try. So if you're a yeah, if you're a student in my class and I get the TRY, I'm like, can you repeat that? So they say it louder. And my regulars are like, they laugh. And the person's like, oh, I have to say it louder again. And I'm like, TRY is not a word I know. Like, oh, I said, it's sitting on the fence. You either are or you're not, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So thinks the other one. But I feel that the hardest place to be is when you realise what you know and you're watching others still nowhere near breaking through but you have to let them be where they're at without judgment just love them and hold space and be like an old friend regardless if they're what they are to you it could be a colleague it could be a parent it could be a sibling it could be anyone just be able to sit there as a soul as an old friend and be with where they're at in their reality right now even though you know Mm -hmm. what you know and and that's where the true light work comes in because it's just in that comforting and not having judgment and not being attached or in aversion to anything more than just being there for their safe container to be where they're at. That's another evolution in itself, you know, and that takes a lot of time and we need to sort of expect a lot more of that as we transition through this reset of COVID-19 and some people will be moving through that ascension, others will be still left in their pain points. Like Eckhart Tolle talks a lot about the pain body. Mm. And those of us that are sort of realising the power of that collective community of being love, we just have to also understand we're not leaving others behind. They're just where they're at right now and they'll reach out when they're ready. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. That I feel the same. It's It's been nice to get to a point where, there's no judgment, just love and no expectations mm. tied to how they might treat mm. me or what they might think of me. I mean, that's not my problem anymore. Mm. Uh, from a loving place, I say that too. It's no, like, I know. I'm, I'm, I mean, because I'm so, um, yeah, I, I feel so blessed to have you say that and know that for yourself because I know when I went through that and realized that it changed my whole world, the inner dynamics of my heart's capacity to love myself first and others completely it just expanded beyond what I could ever imagine by knowing that yeah so people will feel that when they're around you yeah so that's all we need to do really with what we're doing in our work with the podcasts and you know anything else that we move forward with you know just to transition ourselves and others along the journey now what we need to do is wrap up I'm sure it won't be our last conversation and I'll ask you the sparkles of wisdom so that's four questions every guest um, has a chance to answer what are you grateful for at the moment my apartment okay your own space 
My own, thank you. My own space. Yes. <laughs> I have a balcony in LA, which is not easy. And okay. uh, yeah, it's just, there's light and I'm by a hike. And every morning nice. when I journal, I just feel so grateful. Like I just love the space and it's cozy and it's, it serves everything I need right now. Nice. Yeah. What is the most challenging and life-changing book you have ever read? I'd say Seed of the Soul. Mm. Uh, and you know what's really interesting? The book was incredible. There's intention, addiction, mm -hmm. light, those chapters. Oh, and choice. Choice was an mm -hmm. incredible mm, I remember that. Yeah. That one had me on the floor. Mm. And, um, <laughs> but but even more beautiful too, just as beautiful was for the 25th anniversary, Oprah wrote the, Oprah and Maya Angelou wrote the foreword, but Oprah's foreword mm. was like, I felt like that was a book in itself and it was maybe mm. a page or two. And that was just so impactful of how she has transcended all of his words from that book mm. into her whole life and into her whole purpose. Mm. So that book was stunning. I remember watching him come onto those episodes all those years ago yeah. and I would rush back. I didn't like television much as a kid, but I'd rush back from hockey training because this lady called Oprah that was curly hair would come on. And I remember my parents going, what is she rushing back for? It was on channel 10, like one of the commercial stations. And I was just addicted to her show and all her guests. So the days that I could get back from high school I'd come home. It wasn't like you could record things in those days. I think mm -hmm. video recorders were just coming out. I'm showing my age now. But, yeah, so I remember seeing him and she was – the connection they had then was pure. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. She, her yeah. eyes lit up when he was there. Yes. Yeah. It, it was incredible. Now, what is your essential self-care ritual? Oh, I love early mornings. So I love mm -hmm. getting up at 6.30. I mean, mm -hmm. six is ideal, but it takes me a while to get there. But 6.30, wash my face. I do this um, this new thing the last two months where I put cream mixed with facial oil and then I do the mm -hmm. whole gua sha thing with the, you know, the jade. Um, I just got one of those. Right. <laughs> and, you know, the funny thing is I've had it for like two years, never used it. Mm -hmm. And then in my new place, I'm just like, I could give myself five minutes to do this. And sometimes I'll walk around my apartment and I just like, I swear, I'm really. How I'm does it feel when you do uh, it? I like it because I imagine it just activating mm -hmm. my skin and like moving the blood. So I envision that and it just feels good. Also, I love fascia work and massages. So yes, for me, it's yeah. perfect. Yeah. I love it. And then I, you know, do it on my, on my chin, the ridge, the ridge of my chin. Mm -hmm. Um, that this is confirmation. Good. I need to do it because I was actually given that by the skincare company that I buy all my products from. And I said, oh, Sophia, we'd love you to start using this and give us some feedback. And I've gone, oh, yeah, it's just sitting there in a cupboard. And now here's you a week later going, well, I've just got this jade. And I'm like, okay, I've got it now. From, and from it's above, not the roller. It. It's the scraping, it's <laughs> no, the scraping one no, no. for those listening. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. yeah. I have the roller and that I just stare at. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do with you. But the... The gua sha one, which is that flat. Yeah, that's exactly what I stared at it and went, oh, 
I'll wait till after Christmas. Maybe my schedule might slow down a bit and I can work out what to do with it. No, girl, no, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do it this week. I'll email you and let you know. I promise. Yes. I'll give it okay, a go. Good, good. And the last question is, having arrived at this stage of life, what piece of advice would you give to your younger self? Ooh. Oh, you know, I would say be kinder, but my mom would tell me that. And I never knew what that meant. So Mm -hmm. I couldn't be kind because I never sat with myself and saw myself. Mm -hmm. So I would say to spend, and I spent a lot of time alone. Like I was a painter and a, Mm -hmm. uh, and a photographer for many years. I sold my art for like 10 years and Mm -hmm. I loved painting alone, but it was, it was a form of numbing also. I mean, not in a bad way, but it's just the creative process. I didn't think about my problems. I didn't think about anything. Mm -hmm. Um, but I wish I sat with myself in solitude, not doing anything because my anxiety was so incredibly productive. It kept me busy all the time. So I couldn't mm. really, I never let myself feel a lot of things. And if I felt more, I would know myself more and then I could be kinder to people, <laughs> but I couldn't just like be kind on the spot, you know? I feel you're encouraging the listeners to find pause, to pause and feel. Oh yeah. And it's not, it's our, we have fear that is like allergic to that idea, Mm. but it's incredible how rewarding it is once it happens. You know, I call it the sacred pause in my yoga classes. I ask Mm. them to take a breath in, exhale completely, and then not take the new breath in, sit in that sacred pause, that void where you're not time or form and feel. Mm. whatever comes up just feel and let it be and it's not an easy thing to do for a lot of people yeah you know so that's beautiful that you've realized that so what we need to do is wrap up the episode completely i'll let the viewers know and the listeners that in today's episode if you'd leave us an apple review so we know you want more of this type of content And it does make it easier. I'll leave in the show notes all of Tiana's um, details in regards to her website, the Torch podcast, and anything else that may be coming up for you, I'll happily list on my social media feeds as well, like your upcoming summits and retreats. And also for those of you that want to subscribe, do so so you don't miss an episode and do share it with your friends on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast from. And those of you that resonate with the podcast and may want to support it financially, I do have a Patreon page, so the link will be in the show notes for you. If you're committed to exploring the power of your mind, heart, body and soul, join us on the next episode of the Had It In You All Along podcast. And remember always, you are loved. You are love. Be loved.